glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host Matt Bruning back at it again. Uh, had been off a couple days guys here, I apologize about that. I, uh, I've i been dealing with the, with the strep and a fever and everything just kicking my ass here lately. Uh, the past couple days I could barely talk, do anything, and I uh, had to make it through work for a couple days, guys. So I just kind of had to had to lay off the podcast, had to lay off writing, just just everything, just trying to make it through a couple days. But I'm back today feeling at least a little bit better. I uh, wanted to at least jump on and give you guys some stuff on tomorrow's games, hopefully not going out too late uh, for you guys to get some advice, or at least some of my advice for the wonderful Thanksgiving games that we have going on. So, my plan for today's podcast will be, for starters, I will go ahead and uh, give you guys a uh, preview of the three games we have tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Have three, uh, what I think could be very good fantasy days. Uh, obvious, especially one of them with Mitch Trubisky being out now. It looks like uh, we'll be interesting to see where that game goes. Uh, and then after that, I will give you guys my top ten at each position for fantasy this week. Uh, not really give you guys huge rundowns or anything. Again, guys, I, I'm still trying to trying to get over this. Hopefully, my voice doesn't sound too bad, or you can hear my uh, nose whistling too much. Uh, I felt like you can hear, uh, especially when I, I'm breathing out sometimes. Uh, but I'll give you guys my top ten at each position. Again, my rankings for this week will go out on the FLA blog on Medium either later tonight or tomorrow morning. Just depends on when my editor pushes those out. Uh, again, you can find those on Medium at FLA app at FLA blog at Sports Fanatic MB on Twitter as well as on Medium. Looking for the FLA team. All right, so let's just jump right in uh, for the three get day games tomorrow. Uh, for Thanksgiving, obviously, guys, first of all, I want to say hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving, whether you're with your family, by yourself, however you guys are doing it, Thanksgiving, one of my favorite holidays, the fact that you can sit around, you know, stuff your, stuff your face full of food, watch football, or whatever you want to do, but just being off, almost everybody is off on Thanksgiving, so being able to just relax for one day and celebrate eating food, I'm, I'm someone who loves food, very, very picky about my food, but I do love it, uh, it's just, it's an awesome holiday, uh, just kind of give you guys my whole thing, mashed potatoes, cream corn, best sides, ah, I love them, man, can't get enough mashed potatoes, can't get enough cream corn, um, not really a stuffing guy, though, which I know is, uh, is a big deal, a lot of people really into stuffing, I'll eat it, no issue with it whatsoever, but me, man, if you could just load up my plate with some turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, and cream corn, I'm telling you, I could eat all day long, gain good 30, 40 pounds of that stuff, and it would not matter to me one bit. But my favorite part about it, obviously, is just being able to sit around, be with family, watch some football. Uh, you know, unfortunately, me, I, I don't get to be with my family. They uh, do not live near me, and with my, my job, personally, uh, just not really able to get out of town very often. 
uh, to go see them due to certain restrictions and everything around the holidays. So if you are with your families, man, enjoy it. Uh, such a great time. Uh, you know, you only get a certain amount of time with your families, uh, especially not just on holidays, but just in life in general. Uh, so don't don't skip a beat with them. You know, enjoy the football games for sure. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, everybody will look at their fantasy scores. But just, you know, try and remember to spend some time with them as well going forward, at least on Thanksgiving, because it's, it's great. It's great to be around family and everything. That's, that's the whole point of the holiday. In my opinion, I know you guys can take it in a literal sense of, you know, what happened with Columbus. I don't even think about that. I just took, think of it as a holiday to be with your family, eat and relax and have fun. So hopefully everybody will get a chance to do that again. Thank you, everybody. Uh, everybody who's listening to this, I hope you have yourselves a happy Thanksgiving. So, for Thanksgiving to hopefully make us happy, we need our NFL players to come through. So let's start with the first game, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. The Lions always playing on Thanksgiving and always playing in the early game. Obviously, Chicago has been on fire lately. They are being projected to win by 63% of the analysts here and are being given three points. For Chicago's side, obviously the big news that came out earlier today, Mitch Trubisky's shoulder... Uh, got hurt in the game last week. Chances are he is not going to play in this game. So we are going to be looking at Chase Daniels starting hat quarterback for Chicago more than likely. Hasn't exactly been announced yet, but they've already called up Tyler Bray, uh, which you know usually most teams are not going to carry three quarterbacks on their roster. So that I would assume that's pretty much the signal right there that uh, Mitch Trubisky is not going to be playing tomorrow morning. For Chicago's offense, I really don't think that means too much. Obviously, losing Mitchell Biscuits is going to suck. Uh, he's been awesome. One of the top 12 quarterbacks so far this year, especially with the rushing that he brings to the position. You're not going to get that out of Chase Daniels. Um, however, he's been in this offense all the way back to Kansas City. And uh, for those of you who don't know, that's where Matt Nagy came from, uh, the Andy Reid coaching tree here. So Chase Daniels has been in this offense. The the offense that Matt Nagy runs is very similar to what Andy Reid runs. He's been around it, knows how to call it. I think that Matt or Chase Daniels is going to be fine here. I think that uh, with him being in there, that actually gives a little bit more of a boost to guys like Anthony Miller, Trey Breton, and Tariq Cohen. Uh, just because I think he's going to get his ball, the ball out of his hands into these guys quicker than Mitchell Trubisky usually does. One of the reasons why Mitch Trubisky gets so many of the rushing yards that he does is that he kind of holds onto the ball too long. Uh, and if he doesn't see some, most of the time it's a Rob deep. Uh, he's kind of waiting for something to happen deep between a Rob or Anthony Miller, and when it doesn't happen, he takes off. We're not going to get that out of Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels is going to read the offense, and he's going to make the throw that he needs to make. He's not someone who's going to run around. He's not someone who wants to get chased <laughs> but I'm happy fatty make a funny so again when it comes to Chicago I still like uh a Rob Anthony Miller and I really like Tariq Cohen in this now Detroit has been uh been being gashed by the run here been uh, right at the bottom end of the rankings against the run all year long so I actually expect Jordan Howard to have a good game here too uh, I know that's kind of crazy to admit what we've seen from Jordan Howard this year uh, but I do like him. Not to go crazy, but I, I do think he has a good game here. I've got him for about 14 points uh, projected this week. Uh, and again, I think, you know, Trey Burton, I, I, I really like, I like, or I should say Trey Burton, guys. Sorry, I like to do a little Burton 
Uh, just kind of like add a little French on there. Uh, Burton, I, I do think he's going to have a great game here. Um, out of the wide receivers, uh, I think Anthony Miller's probably the one who gets the of the best uptick here. With Chase Daniels coming in again, I, I do see him to see him trying to get the ball out quicker than than Mitchell Biscuits does, uh, giving him. You know he, he's going to hit those guys that are kind of close to the line, um, the guys who are going to be in breaking routes and everything where you're mostly going to see Allen Robinson going deep. So I like Anthony Miller, um, and I kind of like Taylor Gabriel here as well. Uh, I do expect Allen Robinson to get some points, but I think he's the one who takes the biggest hit with with, with Mitch being out. So, uh, you know, obviously if you have Allen Robinson, you're playing him unless you've got someone, you know, I, I just can't imagine most people have three wide receiver ones or a couple wide receiver twos that they could play over him. So if you've got him, chances are you're playing him just because, uh, you know, he, he is a, a touchdown threat every time he's out on the field. But for me, I would feel much more comfortable playing the likes of Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton this week. For the Lions, all right, so Matthew Stafford, um, I, I'm really worried about him in this game as well as going up against Chicago's defense. I mean, they have been legit. What's very interesting about Chicago's defense, I guess I should put it, is they're not as good, though, against the pass as they are against the run. Against the run, they've literally been in the top four every single week against the run, and that's good, mostly because the Lions have no running game. Carryon Johnson is out. So they're going to be relying on the likes of Zach Zenner and LeGarrette Blunt. I, I don't imagine Theo Riddick is really going to be running the ball. Likely he's going to be getting ca- uh, passes out of the backfield. You know, at this point, LeGarrette Blunt has been averaging, I believe, .08 yards a carry. So we're, we've gotten to the point now where we're, uh, we're managing or uh, totaling up his average of the total inches that he's moved across the field because he's just not picking up any yards. Uh, I, I I would venture to say that he's pretty much done. Uh, Zach Zenner, while not the greatest running back as well, uh, I think he will be able to at least do something here in this game, uh, but not much. He's not carrying on Johnson, guys. As for their wide receivers, Marvin Jones is out again, so I think it's the Kenny Galladay show. I am a little worried about Galladay, though, here, as he does kind of have a tough matchup. Uh, I mean, this this Chicago Bears secondary has, has been very good. Uh, you know, likes of Kyle Fuller and then Kevin Tolliver, Bryce Callahan. I mean, Prince of Mukamara, Adrian Amos. These guys have been awesome all year long. While they haven't been, you know, in the top five against the pass all year long, they have been right around the top 15, especially the past couple weeks. Uh, and, and Kenny Galladay is all that the Detroit Lions have. And I mean all that the Detroit Lions have. So I could easily see them doubling him and causing him not to have a good game. The only reason I have faith in Kenny Galladay is because it's Kenny Galladay, guys. I mean, this guy has been awesome. He went, you know, for a little bit there in the middle of the season, I'd say probably about four weeks of, of kind of not coming through for you. But last week had a, just a awesome, amazing catch. Uh, I do think he's on the up. He's on the come of uh, being a top wide receiver, too, probably for fantasy going forward. 
Uh, so, again, uh, that's the only thing that worries me about him in this game. Uh, but if you've got him, I think you're playing him just of the upside. Because, like I said, once they get down into the red zone, unless they get it down onto the one- or two-yard line where Zach Zenner or LeGarrette Blunt might be able to punch it in, anywhere after that, it's all going to be them trying to get it to Kenny G. Uh, and even if they do double him, I think he's got the skill to at least do something with it. So, Kenny Galladay, literally the only player I would feel comfortable playing for the Lions in fantasy this week. Uh, with Matthew Stafford, like I said, I just I can't trust. It. Khalil Mack has just been amazing since he's come over from uh, from Oakland now to to the Bears. I just can't imagine that that he's able to do anything against them. Uh, and same with this running attack. So the Bears have been in the top four against the run. So Kenny Galladay is the only one that I trust in this game yet. I'm taking the Lions to win this game. I've got a good feeling about it. Uh, I do think that they're going to be able to do just enough here at home to win on Thanksgiving. They've kind of been poor on Thanksgiving for the past couple years, but I, I like them to at least do enough in this matchup, especially with Mitchell Trubisky being out to win the game. The afternoon matchup, we've got the Washington Redskins and the Dallas Cowboys. Again, just this, the always NFL tradition, the Cowboys being the afternoon game here. 74% chance to win the game for the Cowboys. They are being given 7 points. For Washington here, obviously we saw a horrible injury to Alex Smith last week. For those of you who didn't see it, I would not suggest going and looking it up. It was just awful uh, seeing his leg kind of bend the wrong way and then just how flimsy it looked. I mean, I, I got queasy in my stomach just watching that. I, I, injuries like that just, just drive me crazy. I, I can't imagine why anybody would want to go back and look at that. And on top of that, it, it might possibly be the end of his career. Sorry if you guys heard my son coughing there. He is uh, sitting in with Dad looking at all the fantasy stuff. So anyways, uh, again, that that might have been the end. Uh, this might be the end of Alex Smith's career. I mean, this is a horrible injury and not something easy to come back from. Alex Smith is already 34 years old. You know, obviously quarterbacks can usually play much longer than that, but still... The, the the exact thing was it was a compound fracture with spiral fractures in his right leg. I mean, again, it's just it's one of those things where if you go and look up just the people that have kind of dealt with this stuff, I believe it was like Paul George had something like this, and uh, it, it's just it's hard to come back from. And him being already 34 years old, I'd imagine this could unfortunately be the end of, of one of the more respected quarterbacks uh, and one I think is a very underrated quarterback I don't think he got a lot of love especially with the way his career started in San Francisco but what kind of turned into and leaving there and going to Kansas City and even this year in Washington while again he may not have put up a crap ton of fantasy points every week he was extremely consistent and a very good NFL quarterback I think and for his his career to possibly end like that I think uh, really kind of sucks so anyways, with all that being said, we've got Colt McCoy starting today, or I'm sorry, tomorrow for the Washington Redskins. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Washington either. So going up against Dallas uh, is going to be interesting. Again, I've talked about I really like Dallas's defense. Uh, while they, um, they may give up some yards here and there, they tend not to give up a lot of scores. They've been very good as of late. Um, but I don't think that uh, Colt McCoy is just kind of stepping in here and trying to learn anything new. He's been there forever. He's been in the NFL, I believe, for a decade at this point, uh, which is just crazy to think about. 
Sorry, eight years. I was thinking. I was thinking about that when I said that decade. I don't know if he's been in that long. Eight years. We got drafted by Cleveland uh, in the third round. I, I do remember that at a, at a UT. Uh, I actually thought that Colt McCoy might have been better and it should have gotten a better shot with Cleveland. Uh, didn't really have a whole lot of weapons around him, much like Brady Quinn. But let's not dive deep into the woes of the Cleveland quarterback position. So again. Colt McCoy, um, I actually wouldn't feel bad starting him if you needed someone in maybe a 2QB league or you were desperate. Maybe you have Jared Goff or uh, Patrick Mahomes who are on bye this week. You need a bye week fill-in. Uh, I, w- I don't think he'll be that bad of a play this week again. He's been there for a long time. He knows the offense. Uh, for the running backs, Adrian Peterson, I think he's he can you can play him. He'll likely be a RB2 again this week. I feel like he's just going to finish out the season uh, at RB2 numbers every week. Uh, dude has just been awesome this year. I don't know you know, if he found the fountain of youth or what he did, but good on him because uh, everything he's done this year, he deserves it. For the wide receivers, uh, I don't think anybody really gets a big step up either way with Colt McCoy being in or out. Uh, don't I just don't trust Josh Doxson. Uh, I'd still like Maurice Harris, but I kind of need to see what he does this week uh, with Colt McCoy, how they use him in the offense. Uh, he, he'd be an upside play for me. I, I definitely wouldn't be against throwing him in the flex spot, but I don't think he puts up anything more than wide receiver three numbers. The player that I think really gets a big jump here is Jordan Reed. Uh, he was targeted uh, you know, 11 times last week in the loss with uh, in the loss to Houston, only two of those came with Alex Smith. So when Colt McCoy came in, he was firing and uh, he was going to Jordan Reed a lot. Did get him the touchdown, uh, and even in the past when Colt McCoy's been in there, he's really looked for Jordan Reed. So I think Jordan Reed really takes a huge tick up this week and probably to finish out the season uh, as possibly a top twelve tight end now with Colt McCoy in there. For the Dallas Cowboys, I think it's fairly simple. Washington's defense uh, has started off, re- oh, sorry, excuse me, uh, started off really on fire to begin the year, especially against the run. Uh, they've still continued to be a top ten defense against the run. Struggled against the pass a little bit here. Um, you know, they started off really hot against the pass actually, and kind of dropped down into the twenties. The problem with that is I just don't trust Dak to be able to do anything about it. Dak has just not looked good this year. Um, I don't know what it is about him, if it's just the offensive line, him feel like he's got to rush the ball out. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think that Dak's the answer. I don't think Dak's as bad as he's shown this year or even really last year. But for whatever's going on, he's just not putting it together this year, in my opinion. Uh, I would not play him unless you're desperate or you need a QB2. Uh, for the wide receivers here, I like Amari Cooper in this game. Uh, he's been targeted a lot since being brought over here. We know that they want to go to him often. He's he's their new toy, uh, and he's the best wide receiver they have on their team. Again, Washington has been poor against the pass, so I expect him to get a lot of work here. And obviously, Zeke. I know that Washington has been very good against the run. Uh, but Zeke is Zeke. I, you can't sit Zeke against anybody. I don't care if he was going up against the Steel Curtain back in the day. Zeke is going to likely get his. He's going to find a way to get you points. If he scores, he's going to make your week. So play Zeke. I don't expect him to go crazy here. I do expect him to score a touchdown uh, and get, you know, probably 100 yards or so. But, you know, I actually have him as my number one running back this week. I just, I think that he's just that talented. He's going to get the catches. We've seen his... uh. 
his work in the passing game increased big time this year, something that a lot of Zeke fans have been looking for and hoping would have happened last year. I think a lot of the stuff with the suspension, was he, was he not going to be thing, kind of just affected his whole year last year, but he's really looked like a much better player this year. So I trust Zeke. I've, like I said, got him at number one. It is kind of a rough week for running backs, to be honest with you. Uh, we're wide receiver. I can go almost 70 deep with players I think are going to put up some points this week. It's ridiculous. But anyways, Zeke, I, I mean, you've got to play him. I think he's going to have a good day tomorrow, even though the Washington Redskins defense has been very good against the run. And I'm actually going to pick the Redskins to win in an upset here. Uh, I just think that people are underestimating Colt McCoy here a little bit, uh, and he's going to end up coming through and helping the Redskins win this game and stay on the top of the division. The last game for tomorrow night should be a good one. The Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans at home, 80% chance to win the game, and they're being given 13 points, which seems a little ridiculous to me. But uh, maybe it's just me. For the Falcons, I think it's fairly easy here. If you got Matt Ryan, you're starting him through for, I believe it was almost 350 yards last time he played them. Uh, he's been averaging 330 yards this season. I think it's 323 to be exact. Uh, Matt Ryan, easy start for me. You've got to play him. For the running backs, Tevin Coleman. Again, New Orleans has been awesome against the run this year too. I think a lot of that's not really been realized with as bad as their defense has looked compared to what it did last year. Uh, but they've been awesome against the run as well this year in the top five. I would not expect either one of these guys to do much between Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith. I think if you've got Tevin Coleman, you've got to start him. Likely you either traded for him after Devonta Freeman went down and you've been relying on him, but I'm not expecting him to do much more than as a a high-end flex starter. I expect him to put up about 12 or 13 points tomorrow night. Uh, and a lot of that I think is going to come out of the receiving game, but points are points. You've got to start him because of that right there. He could easily, you know, all it takes is a couple catches, and then if he takes one or two to the house like he did a couple weeks ago when he gave you that 30-point game, he's, he's putting up the numbers for you. So Tevin Coleman is good to go. For the wide receivers here, uh, I really just like Julio, and that's it. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I think he's uh, just he's big boomer bust right now. His target share has gone down, uh, especially since Austin Hooper is a kind of uh, risen up in this offense. Uh, and with that happening, I think Austin Hooper's a good play as well this week. But with that, it's really kind of diminished what Ridley's been seeing. Now, granted, he's he's been a very done a very good job of scoring with limited targets. Even back when he was putting up, I think it was like the six touchdowns in three games or whatever it was two games. Uh, he was still not getting that great of a target share there. So he is one of those guys who could. He could easily score a couple touchdowns in tomorrow's game. I just wouldn't expect it. I would not start him unless you're desperate. Same with Mohamed Sanu. So really for me, it's just Julio and Austin Hooper. For the Saints, again, very easy for me. You're just starting your guys. There really should be no analysis for that needed Drew Brees. I think it's an easy play this week. Again, this was a shootout last time they played. Likely going to be a shootout again. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Michael Thomas, you got to play him. That's it. End of story. You know, there there is no debate about it. They're all going to put up points. And I, I just can't imagine this ends up being a 7-10 to 10 game or anything like that. So all those guys are going to put up their points. I would not smart. I wouldn't smart. I would not start Traquan Smith in this uh, in this game. He's been questionable dealing with the foot injury. Uh, he is likely going to play, but I do think that hurts him a little bit. Obviously, being the speed receiver that he is, he needs uh, he needs to be able to be quick on his feet. 
I don't think it's going to limit him much. Uh, obviously, again, I expect he's going to play, but I just don't like him. I don't like him being out there to deal with the foot injury. Uh, so I would kind of steer clear of him. Uh, and then tight ends, you know, Benjamin Watson, he's been good at times, uh, been kind of sucking it up, honestly, the past couple weeks. Uh, so I wouldn't trust him unless you're at truly, truly desperate. Uh, and I have the Saints winning this game. So that'll do it right there for the game previews for tomorrow. Uh, what I'll do now is give you guys my top 10 at each position for week 12. Now you kids are probably asking yourselves, hey Matt, how can we get back on the right track? Alright, for my top 10, so again, uh, once these are released, you can find them on Medium at the FLA blog. Again, you can follow them on Twitter at FLA app, at FLA blog, or at Sports Fanatic MB. I will re- uh, tweet them out as soon as they are published. My top quarterbacks for this week are Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger. I guess I should have given you guys a, not that the, you guys probably can't count, but I got Drew Brees at one, Matt Ryan at two, Ben Roethlisberger at three, Cam Newton at four, Aaron Rodgers at five, Andrew Luck at six, Carson Wentz at seven, Russell Wilson at eight, Tom Brady at nine, and Phillip Rivers at ten. Uh, Really, for me, I think at this point, it's kind of the standard you're going to see right there. Uh, Obviously, I know a couple of guys right out on the outside, uh, Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins are my top 12 altogether. Uh, My guy that I like to possibly have a breakout game is Baker Mayfield. I have him at 14, but going up against that Cincinnati Bengals defense who's been torched lately, I think uh, Baker could do that in lieu of the Browns possibly winning another game and going on what we would call a winning streak. But again, like I said, at this point, I think you've got to start your studs. Uh, they're the ones who got you here. That's not where it's no no longer to play matchups and go crazy, do crazy stuff. We're in week twelve now. You got to start your best players because we're trying to make the fantasy playoffs. So those are my top ten projected uh, scores at the quarterback position at running back. As I just talked about in the Dallas game, of course, uh, I have Zeke at 1, Saquon Barkley at 2. Number 3, I've got Christian McCaffrey. Number 4, David Johnson. Number 5, Alvin Kamara. Number 6, Leonard Fournette. Number 7, I have Melvin Gordon. Number 8, Nick Chubb. Number 9, James Conner. And then number 10, Joe Mixon. Right on the outside of my top 10, Aaron Jones at 11 and Mark Ingram at 12. Uh, the guy that I could see having a breakout game here and jumping up in the top 12 is Tariq Cohen right now at 17. Still have him projected to get 18 points. Again, I think uh, running back, once you get down to about, at least for my rankings, 27, I feel like it kind of drops off a little bit there. Um, but I'm expecting some big weeks here out of a lot of players. I, I think it's going to be a pretty good week for fantasy, I think, with some of the matchups we've got going on here. My top 10 at wide receiver. So for number one, I have Julio Jones. Number two, Odell Beckham Jr. Number three, Michael Thomas. Number four, DeAndre Hopkins. Number five, Devontae Adams. Number six, Antonio Brown. Number seven, Keenan Allen. Number eight, Adam Thielen. Number nine, T.Y. Hilton. And number 10, Kenny Galladay. That's right. Again, a little worried about the matchup, but I'm just, I have faith in him again. I don't know how anybody else is. I don't know how Detroit's going to move the ball at all without Kenny G. Uh, and then to finish out my top twelve, Stephon Diggs at eleven, Mike Evans at twelve. And again, I, I really just 
wide receiver this week, I think you could easily go uh, with someone producing. Again, we only do 50 for the Fantasy Life app. My number 50 player is Curtis Samuel. I, it looks my Based on my projections, it's going to get you at least 7.3 points. So it's just ridiculous how deep I think wide receiver goes this week. Uh, my guy right outside the top 10 that I think could jump up into it is Julian Edelman. I have him down at 16. And then last but not least for tight ends this week, number one I have Zach Ertz, number two George Kittle, number three Eric Ebron, number four Greg Olson, number five Jordan Reed, number six Cameron Brait, number seven Austin Huba, number eight David Njoku, number nine Evan Ingram, number ten Trey Berton, and then to finish off the top 12, Vance McDonald at 11 and Jonu Smith at 12. Really quick with Cameron Brait. Uh, I like Cameron Brait now going forward. Hopefully you guys were able to grab him off your waiver wire seeing that O.J. Howard had been placed on the IR. When Cameron Brait has been the only tight end in the offense, whether it's been with James Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier this year, uh, dude has been legit on fire, one of the best tight ends in the game. And now with obviously Howard going on the IR, we won't see him at all the rest of this year. So it'll be Brait and no one else going here for Tampa Bay. Uh, and I just I think Brait's going to have himself an awesome year to finish out the season. So that is going to do it for today's episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening again. Sorry that uh, I was not able to do the podcast the past couple days. I could barely talk. Uh, I've had to keep stopping this actually while I was recording multiple times at this point because I keep coughing and everything. Uh, Throat's still kind of a little messed up, still a little nasally, if you guys couldn't tell. Uh, But uh, definitely glad to to be back and, and doing this with you guys again. Uh, chances are there will not be any podcast tomorrow as it'll be Thanksgiving. I will be spending time with my family and, and watching the football games, but I will have a podcast up early at some point Friday to uh, break down or recap the Thursday games and uh, give you a preview for the full Sunday slate. I'm going to wait one more week on the college podcast. Uh, again, real reason I didn't get to it last weekend was I've just been, I was getting worse from Friday on, guys. It just hit me like a brick wall. I felt like I was fine, and the next thing I knew, I woke up. Saturday felt a little sick, and then by Sunday, I was done for. Uh, so, again, I'm going to wait until after this week, rivalry week, which, my God, guys, before I end the podcast, I'll talk a little college football. I changed my mind. Uh, great games going on this weekend for college football. It's going to be ridiculous. Rivalry week, one of my favorite weeks uh, for college football, obviously. Uh, there's really only three matchups that I, that I think are going to be huge for really kind of determining what goes on in the next coming weeks with the playoffs. And that's Oklahoma, West Virginia. Obviously the huge loss West Virginia took to Oklahoma State last weekend. It hurt them. They're not going to make it into the playoffs now, more than likely dropping down to 8-2. and two. Uh, But they have a chance to ruin Oklahoma's bid for that. They would need to win. I think that also, I believe, allows Texas to get in in some way, uh, form or fashion. Not 100% sure about that. I don't think they get into the playoff, though, having three losses, but allows them to get in to the Big 12 Championship, Washington and Washington State. So obviously a lot of people really um, really surprised Washington State didn't move up anymore in the rankings, staying at 8, uh, especially with as good as they looked last week, putting up 50-plus points. Uh, and then the way that they lost to USC was kind of a crap way to lose. I did not watch the game. Uh, that's just what I heard. Uh, so a little surprising they stayed at 8, but I think they obviously have a good chance to jump up if they beat Washington this week, and then they'll play Utah in the uh, the... 
uh, in the Pac-12. They'll, they'll play Utah, which uh, if they beat them will also give them another quality win. I believe Utah is ranked number 13 or 14 right now, so it'll really help them uh, possibly shoot up into the playoff in that, in that uh, top spot if the big game of the weekend, number 4 Michigan and number 10 Ohio State. So... We're just going to let this sink in for a minute because it's beautiful, guys. Beautiful. So the Buckeyes have a huge game here this weekend against the number four Michigan Wolverines. Key for them making the playoffs, even though I think it's an outside shot at them getting in. And Oh, wait. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. God, I love it, man. Just gets the blood pumping, doesn't it, baby? All right, anyways, so huge game, obviously, for the Buckeyes. And in all honesty, Michigan. Michigan has not been able to go into the shoe, into Columbus, and win a game in over a decade now. Um, And that's exactly what John Harbaugh, or sorry, Jim Harbaugh is going to have to do. It is Jim Harbaugh. I'm an idiot. Anyways, uh, just getting the Harbaugh brothers mixed up here. Uh, he has not been able to beat Ohio State or really Michigan State since his time at Michigan as the head coach. It's caused a lot of people to be upset. This is his best chance to do that. This team has been awesome on defense. Shea Patterson and this offense have really started clicking here in the back half of the season uh, and looked like a very good team with as bad as Ohio State has looked against, especially on defense. Um, this is exactly the year that John Jim Harbaugh is going to have to take this Michigan team and go in and win. If they do, they're in, no doubt about it. Uh, they're going to go into the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. Now, obviously, they lose that game, they're out, but chances are they're not going to, but it was a close game when they played each other earlier in the year. I believe they won by field goal uh, against Northwestern. If Ohio State manages to win this game, I still think it's an outside shot that they get into the playoff. Um, I would think that Oklahoma would neither need to lose this weekend against West Virginia or in the Big 12 championship game against Texas or West Virginia. Whoever gets in there, um, giving them two losses, and then you would need Washington State to lose at some point as well, and then hope that Georgia just gets its doors blown off by Alabama, and I think that's really the only shot Ohio State has to get in. But I could honestly see UCF getting in over them. UCF did jump them in the rankings this week, went up to number nine. Um, if they obviously win out, win, the, win their championship, I believe the ACC. I'm sorry, no, that's Clemson and Pitt. Uh, the American Championship, though, if they win that, I could. I I don't know if it'd be possible, but I could see them possibly getting in that last spot. I personally would love to see them make the playoff. Uh, I think this team has obviously been criminally underrated just because they haven't played in anybody. But in fairness to that point too, if you saw a big, uh, you know, a a top power five team playing the schedule that they did, uh, a lot of people would be saying they don't deserve to be in as well. But then again, you're not just. They're, they're in a really bad situation. For those of you who don't know, a lot of these team schedules are, you know, 
put in or are worked on like years in advance. These these schedules are usually done four to five years in advance. A lot of Power 5 teams that are high up in the rankings don't want to go play UCF because they don't want to lose to them because then that would be huge. Chances are you would not get a lot of bonus points or style points if you won there, and if you lost there, you would likely take a big hit. Uh, so UCF is kind of screwed in that fact. I think once the the playoffs, if they do go to eight, is the best chance UCF's going to have to get in. But we don't even know if UCF will be a title contender at that point either because it is hard for schools like that to continue to get the recruits that they have over, have gotten over the past few years. Uh, and so it, it does suck. Uh, we'll see what happens there with the Golden Knights. I think their shot is much like the Buckeyes, very, very much on the outside to get in. Uh, obviously, um... As a Buckeyes fan myself, I'm torn on it. Uh, I would love to see them in the playoffs just to to be in there. Uh, it does give you kind of a sense of pride knowing that you're a top four team. Uh, but number one, I honestly don't feel like they deserve to be in there. Number two, I'd be afraid of them going up against Alabama and getting spanked in that game because their defense has just looked that bad. I mean, I, I can't imagine what Tua would do to that team if they got in, but you know, a lot of people said that same thing about them back in 2015 uh, when they went in and beat Alabama. Again, that team was loaded, though, with the likes of Cardell Jones, Zeke Elliott, Mike Thomas. I mean, it, they and the defensive player, they didn't have Denzel Ward at the time, but Marcus Lattimore. I mean, uh, oh, man, why can I not remember his name now, guys? My goodness. Oh, Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker. I was trying to remember who. I knew he played for, for Indianapolis. I just couldn't remember what his name was. Malik Hooker. Joey Bosa. This, I mean, they were loaded, guys. And uh, they went in and obviously beat Alabama. It was such a great game. Uh, I just don't expect that to happen for them this year. But we'll see. Definitely going to be a great game Saturday. I cannot wait to watch it. Uh, hopefully don't want to do stupid things if they end up do losing knowing that they're just not in a good place right now um i do think if they do lose it's going to be interesting to see what happens with urban meyer but we'll wait and discuss that later maybe in the off season uh, i know not necessarily probably a lot of buckeyes fans who uh listen to this and, and really care about my thoughts on the buckeyes so we'll save you guys from that uh pit of misery at the moment for that uh, so again a lot of great games though this weekend on Saturday as well with rivalry week hopefully you guys get to enjoy all those games again I'll come back after that um, sometime next weekend and do a college podcast again right before all of the championship games to talk about some of the other top prospects and everything my top 10 wide receivers were released uh, last week hopefully you guys uh, if you guys are interested in looking at that you can find them uh, again me at sports fanatic and be on twitter or you can look on qblist.com uh, and then go into going deep section and look for the top 10 wide receivers 2019 uh, and you'll see my name matthew bruning that is my article and those guys got some gifts in there to break down some of the things i like that those guys do uh, and just kind of my breakdowns on each of those top 10 guys so Again, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football, enjoy the food, and enjoy the family as well. Extremely important on this on tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's holidays. So, thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Hold the tackle.